You're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashton Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way while you listen in and ask a question or two. Talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting or treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. Hello, everyone. I have one of my favorite people ever on the show today. He is someone who has been incredibly pivotal to my business journey and has kicked me in the pants a couple of times. And he is also someone who has been like a sought out transformational life and business coach. He is an amazing at marketing and a motivational speaker. And he has been featured in big name networks such as NBC, Fox, and the CW through leading fruitful corporate workshops and publishing his renowned first memoir, Eulogy of Childhood Memories. He's also the owner of the Purpose Chasers podcast and the Heart Centered Tradesmen's podcast, where he shares his signature nail method to help entrepreneurs in the trades build seven plus figure businesses and retire early. So Mark, Mark, thank you so much for being here today. And this was quite an impressive, (laughs) I was like reading your bio and I was like, this doesn't really do him justice because he's so amazing and there's just so much more to you than what I just read. But first, I want to just thank you for being here. And really, can you introduce yourself in a little bit of a better way than reading your third person bio? Because I know that you are just so much more than what I just said in your third person bio. Yeah. So simplified and really heady would be I have chased a lot of achievements to appear to be somebody that I'm actually not. (laughs) This is why I love you so much. Y'all listen, that's literally the realest answer, right? This is why I love him so much. He always keeps it real. And yeah. Because, I I mean, because online and social proof. And when I started out online, I had a master's degree and two licenses to practice therapy and I found out I was an entrepreneur after living in six in Austin, Texas for six months. And I went to a networking event, internet marketing party. And I got, I, that's when it like all took off for me and they had written books and they had podcasts and they were doing all these things. So then I started to see their social proof and I was like, Ooh, I want to do that. And I want to do that. And I just started doing, but Essentially, my motive, although blurred once in a while by financial gains, right, is always been to empower people to live their purpose. When I launched out, it's funny because I've shared this with you, the other Ashley's on the call as well. She's on mute. I shared this with you two a lot. When I originally launched out into entrepreneurship, I had one goal. And that was to create a business in which I could take Fridays off whenever I wanted. I just, I was sick of asking permission to have a three-day weekend. And that was before I knew anything about business. I knew anything about entrepreneurship. And so that's what I did. And then I I quickly learned that I needed a why, like, why am I doing this? And it was to empower people to, to step into and own what they've been called to do. 
You know, I believe everyone on this earth has been called to do something in this life. And this is why I started the Purpose Chasers podcast and then the Purpose Chasers Academy. And I started doing, I hate the term life coach, but I started <laughs> doing coaching was because I really, I still am very passionate about, that's why I've taken a break from the internet because I'm so passionate about it that I would end up doing it again getting people to step into what they've been called to do and really go full tilt. And that's what it was for me. I'd wanted to write a book since I was 18. And the first time I was in county jail and I read a book by a man uh, named David Peltzer, who wrote a book called The Child Called It. And it was about his traumatic adoption experience. And And so at 18, I'm 37 now, at 18, I wanted to write a book. I didn't know what that meant. I launched out into entrepreneurship. And I was like, I'm going to write a book finally. And then somebody was like, you should start a podcast. You're really good at talking. And and I launched a podcast. I started interviewing people and progressed and progressed and progressed and the carrot chasing. And I'm going to build some funnels and I'm going to learn all this stuff. And yeah, and then I just started piling up all of these credentials. And I'm also, and you two know this, but you're, audience may not know this. I hate being told no. So there's a really, <laughs> there's, a really uh, there's a really cool experience that I had, which like really pivoted everything inside of my mind. And the experience was I wanted to speak on stage and I wanted to get paid to speak on stage. I didn't care if they had paid me $5. I could then write on my bio, oh, paid speaker. <laughs> like you send me one email and I will write highly sought after. <laughs> right? Like it's, and I wanted to speak. And the issue that I ran into was people won't book you and or pay you if they can't see that you've actually spoken before. And so in my head, I'm like, how am I going to get footage of me speaking to an audience when no one will book me to speak because I don't have any footage to, to, so I just kept, I kept applying to all these places and I hired a assistant who was filling out the applications for me. And I TEDx's and TED talks. Cause I wanted to, I don't want a TEDx. I want a TED talk. I want the real thing. <laughs> Anyone can get a, a TEDx. I wanted the real McCoy. And, but I was like in my head and everyone kept turning me down and I was doing a float spa. So I was doing a lot of floating then, which is a, a deprivation tank. There's this for your audience. If they don't know pound, there's 10 or a thousand pounds of salt or 10,000 pounds of salt in this tank. And you you float and it's some of the deepest meditation I've ever had in this float tank. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how am I going to get booked to speak? And then it struck me, stop putting energy into getting on other people's stages and create your own. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to put an event together. So I did and me, I'm heart centered. So I was like, I'm going to do this event and I want to call myself a paid speaker. So they're going to buy tickets and I called it shattering the stigma. I didn't make any money on it. And it was around addiction and, and childhood trauma. And I did it in my hometown of Lebanon, New Hampshire, and created this event. I sold 200 of myself and Don and some of the speakers that I had, we sold over 225 tickets to this event. 
all the money went to uh, Headrest, which is a local homeless shelter slash substance abuse treatment center. And I put the money up. I was like, all right, who is the most skilled videographer for the cheapest amount of money possible? And this dude came with his buddy and filmed me speaking. And I didn't script the talk. I just came off the heart. I had two through lines. I didn't know anything about opening and closing loops. I just ripped it for an hour and 15 minutes at that event. I was going for footage. I I I wanted to speak. And and it was in that moment that I realized that like nothing, there was a path to everything that I could ever want. I just needed to be open enough to receive the guidance. And Mm -hmm. that's just been my experience. And I know that was a super long answer, but I just don't stop. And I don't care what it is. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. I'm going to network. I'm going to bring you a ton of value. Like whatever I have to do it, I'm going to make it happen. And just most people are so quick to give up. That's why I have so much love for you. And the other Ashley is like people that come from shit tend to be the people that get into this space. And my second book, Embrace Your Past, Win Your Future. If people just embraced the chaos and the suck of their life, they would find out that is the greatest resource that they have to succeed. Yeah. Super long answer. No, I love it. And I love that because it just really goes into why I love you so much and why I appreciate you so much because you are that person who's like, think bigger. I don't know how many times you've told me, stop thinking so small. And I'm like, okay, Mark, I got it. And you also are an OBS person like me and you really get irritated with the online marketing world like I do about all the sleaze and the, I just care about your profits over people and all that. And and we do, we all fall in that chasing, chasing the dream for a little bit, but then we realize like, we're not really chasing our own dream. We're trying to chase someone else's. And I think that was a really big thing for me was that I was like, I'm trying to build my dream based off of somebody else's success and their dream. And it's not really what I want. And I think we do all get lost in that. And I love that too, that you brought out like embracing your past, because I've also had experience with not really embracing my past. I shunned it because I was like, no, I'm embarrassed of my past. I don't want people to know this. I don't, I don't want to be seen as that person. I don't want the rags to riches story or anything like that. So I've pushed my past away. And then when lately, probably a little bit of last year and this year, when I started to realize, wow. The things that happened to me in my past one, a lot of other people have had those things happen. And two, that's me. Like it's part of me. It's made me where I'm at now. So yeah, I love that you shared that and and thank you so much. And I, I also just, even you touched a little bit on like boundaries and like stepping back. And instead of, I love when you said that what came to me was, why are you trying to get on someone else's stage when you can build your own? I love that because I think a lot of the times we do try to mimic or we try to copy what we think it's supposed to be like from other people when really, why can't we just do it ourselves? Like, why can't when they zig, we zag? So I love that you mentioned that. And this, just for everyone listening, we, we, before we even jumped on, I was like, what do you even want to talk about today? And we're like, we'll just talk about something random. Let the conversation go. We don't even really have kind of a theme to talk about. I'll just, I'll just start asking some questions then, Mark. So I think my first question is you have had a lot of success 
in the business world, doing it with a heart-centered approach, what would you say, maybe if you had to give one or two really core things that you would focus on when growing your personal brand or growing a company even, what are the maybe one or two really core things you would love to speak about or would tell someone to really focus on so that they don't get mixed up in the, let me do what everybody else is doing. Let me chase almost the, what's what I'm looking for? I guess the, not the false validation, but really chasing what seems like you're important, but really isn't, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a <laughs> question. So there's two two things that came up for me when you were sharing it, and we'll see if I get to the second one or if I just talk about the first one. The first thing that came up for me is there are layers to authenticity, and a lot of authentic people are really scumbags. And in the world of online, there's kind of two schools. There's the takers, and then there's the <laughs> super heart centered, the givers and a lot of givers aren't really givers. And so they call themselves that and they present that way. If you look at a, like if you were to look, if you were to look at a debt to income ratio of all your relationships, most of the people that I would consider my friends in the online space haven't done much for me. And give you a, another, so it's very easy to get in this race of Zoom call, Zoom call, helping, sending. I'm talking to two experts at what I'm talking about right now. And I got one person in particular, and obviously not going to drop their name because I still have so much love for him. I've asked him two times to do something for me. And then he just released his second book and peppered me with stuff. Can I get on your podcast? Can I do this? I'm like, I just didn't respond. And the tally sheet shows that I've connected you to a bunch of people. I have done anything and everything you've ever asked me to do to help promote your stuff. You've done anything for me, not a podcast review, not a book review, like nothing. So I think the quickest thing is, again, it goes into part two, which is surround yourself with super authentic people. And you don't need a ton of people to be successful. You really don't. You need a, I have a core group of people that the, the tally sheet, the debt to income really evens out and there's really, it becomes no tally, right? So we're not keeping score anymore, but really go in on those relationships and keep those people around you because they're going to hold the mirror. They may not be handing you truth, but through that relationship, you're going to wake up, but it's so easy and I just have done it so many times. I'm like doing it right now where you're, you're like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. I've gotten a bunch of systems dialed in for the roofing company. Organic marketing is soaring. We're about to start SEO, like real SEO on the site. Like we, I set 15 appointments this week, no paid advertisement. This company had nothing online a year ago. And now we're looking at do you know doing over 300,000 this month just organically it's it's unheard of but i don't have any advice i think and i also think when you're like chasing the online joneses and the online fixes here's my piece of advice vet 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 
People are not how they appear. If you want to be featured in or featured on, go to PR.com. You can submit a press release. You can be featured on all kinds of stuff. You speak on a podcast overseas. I was joking with, maybe it was George that I was joking with, where I like got hit up to speak on a Japanese podcast. And he's like, are you going to do it? I'm like, of course. And I was joking, but I was like, of course I am. I'm going to become an international speaker. But that's so how this stuff is worded online. Mm-hmm. It is not difficult to do any of these things. On, the online space is super, super fraudulent and it's mm-hmm. hidden behind it's hidden behind well-written bios like you wrote for me and it's hidden behind good graphic design, really. Yeah. No, and it's funny you it's funny you say this because um you, I know you've taken a step back from the online world, but it's been blowing up with a lot of the industry speakers the past couple of weeks because they've been outed for basically running like almost another MLM type thing. Join my course and then I'll teach you how to do what I did. And then you go and used to be an affiliate and tell these things. And it's just been all these things going on. And, and a lot of people have been getting called out with associations to some of these higher level people. And I just spoke about this week in my group in my uh, Facebook group about how I've been seeing this trend online and it's driving me insane. And it's these everyday normal entrepreneurs are creating these graphics of them next to some higher level person and putting it as their banner of making it look like they're almost part of their team or that they work with them. And they're really an affiliate for some type of their program, but it's making it seem like, oh, here's how I became an overnight success with blah, 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 saying their name. And, and then they're going out in all these other groups and they're preying on all these people thinking like, oh, she must know what she's talking about because she's connected with this higher level person. But really it's just, you know, you bought their $47 course and now you're trying to act like you're part of their team or you act like you are a part of them. But it's, and I talked about it, I went live and I was like, this needs to change. Like I'm tired of seeing all of basically keeping it in a poop reference, the diarrhea online. Like everyone has like diarrhea marketing is how I feel. And so I love that you said that because it's true. And I remember even with my very first coach, she, oh man, this was something that I was like, no, this is so out of integrity. I remember her saying, you don't ever say what you profited. You always say what you signed in in contracts. So for example, she would say, oh, I had a $30,000 month but it was, she signed $30,000 in contracts over a time of 12 months, which meant she only made $2,500 that month, but she was telling everyone she had a $30,000 month. And so she came and was like, no, that's what you need to say. I was like, that is so out of integrity for me. That's straight up deception. It's a lie. No. She's like, everyone does it. And that's how people will buy more from you because They think if you have the success, they want the success too. And I was like, all right, peace out. Bye. I'm so glad that you said that, especially vet and vet who you spend your time consuming. That's another big thing because a lot of these people will consume, but they don't understand. And there's, I could go on and on. So like one of the things that I do, there's two people um, that I'm following right now that were, that are in one of these roofing home trades groups that I'm in. And their name, one of their names has come up like 15 times in either conversations or, and so I did something really easy. I went, I sent him a friend request. He accepted it. So I know he's not a troll. He didn't just do the making people follow him. He accepted it. And now I'm I'm following him and I'm just watching his content. 
do I want to learn from this person? Is this person mm-hmm. aligned? Is this person? And I went to his mutual friends. Who do I know that he knows? People vouch for them. You know what I mean? And people don't do that. They just see the flash in the pan and they get lost in the video sales letter or the good, the copy that DeLuca wrote in an email or a copy that you wrote on a landing page. And they're like, Ooh, who is this person deep down? Because early on, I, I paid $125,000 total for this webinar sales funnel course build that I was doing. And it was over a six month period and nothing manifested from it. Now, had I done my research, I would have known that the two that I paid were just starting out and they didn't know what they were doing. I was like <laughs> their first whale. Oh gosh, Mark, let me just tell you something that I said too on this rant in my Facebook group that I did the other day. There is this online trend, which you've probably known about it because you've been in the online world with me, but I'm just starting now to figure it out that a lot of these coaches are saying, oh, if no one will pay you, you're not attracting clients that pay you just target multi six and seven figure entrepreneurs because they have the money to pay you. So these people with no experience who have not had any clients are now being told by these coaches to just go out and target higher level people because they'll pay them money. But I'm like, listen, the higher level people aren't stupid. Like we're not stupid. We're not going to hire someone who's brand new and has no idea what they're doing and cannot actually show the results. You're like, we're (laughs) we're not stupid. Yeah. Like there's, it's, uh, yeah, it's basic human psychology. Like you're seeing somebody who's gained, who's gained something that you want the fast track. Everyone wants the fast track. No one wants to put the work in. And that's where all this money's getting paid out. And people are talking about a $30,000 month. I don't even know what that means. Like I have profited 125,000 in a week, right? Like profit. I don't, I've never shared that online. Like I don't, that's not a Facebook post. That's never how (laughs) I, it's never how I've gained clients. My clients will go tell you about the amazing work that I'm doing with them. That has been, you know, it's been my focus for four years when I launched my Purpose Chasers Academy and and it was a six week course and I had all these modules and i made it up and I enrolled, I had six full paying people that paid me 2,500 a piece to go through the first cohort of the Academy. I only had week one created when they all signed and paid. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to pour into these people with $10,000 a piece worth of value. And I did. And I put some basic, I'm a psychology nerd. So I put some, there was some tips and tricks in there to get them getting other people to pay to join this academy. And that's just all I've done in business. It's all I've ever done. It's like, how can we, it's what I'm doing right now with the roofing company. Yeah, we can run ads. I can run Facebook ads. We could run Google ads. We could do all the things, or we could really pour into the homeowners in which we've already done their siding. We've already done their roofing. Like what is Sally down the street that we did her siding and roof for last year? What does a phone call to her look like? Hey, Sally, it's Mark Crandall from Energy Shield. I know we did a bunch of work for you last year. I was just calling to check in, see how you're doing. How are you liking the siding? How's the roof doing? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, speaking of which, Ralph and Janet down the street, they need a roof. So I have the guys that were so used to going on an appointment. 
are now going back to the customers that we've already served and just checking, and just caring. That's yeah. the thing that's wrong with the online space is people don't care. Yes. And it's so true. And, and I said earlier, I made the decision to shut down my Facebook group. And I sat with that for such a long time because I, and this is where I went. I was like, well, I'm spending a lot of time in this Facebook group, which I love pouring my energy into people and helping. But then I thought about my clients and I was like, I want to give my paying clients who I have right now, the best of me, the most ex- like just pouring and pouring and pouring into them. And I even thought to myself, If I showed up 100% to my clients, what would that look like? And I thought to myself, it would not look like spending 45 to 60 minutes scrolling on Facebook or trying to create content into a free Facebook group and all that. And I was like, I, I don't feel like I'm caring as much as I can about the people who have invested in me or who are here. And that might sound counterintuitive because they're like, you're caring being in a Facebook group, sharing all this value. But I, I, I just, I just kept thinking about it. And I'm like, but just how you said, going back to the clients you've already had and being a human and checking in on them. And I even made that a point to, I just sat up the other week. I went to all of my clients I've had in the past and looked at their birth date. And I literally scheduled in my phone to send all of them a birthday card. Like people I've had three, four years ago as a client are going to get a birthday card on their birthday now with a gift certificate in there to just say happy birthday. Like, so glad that I was able to help you. How have you been? Like, I love seeing your stuff online and your journey, like making that a point to really stay and really invest in the people in my circle, the people that are around. Right. So I love that you said that just going back and being a human, just going back and being a human and caring, right. And caring. And, and I love that. I would love to digress into the last thing here before we can jump off. So I don't want to be super long, but you and I have worked together on your messaging and we developed what we call your nail method because it's on brand with you helping roofing companies, but the, the, the structure of the nail method and everything that it stands for, I think just works in any, does not have to be a roofing company, right? Like it's the four core things that you have really utilized to be able to help scale these businesses and really help them do it with heart. So I'd love for you to first tell us what the nail method is, and then maybe just talk about one aspect of the nail method that you think is super important for um, everyone to focus on. And yeah. Yeah. Another loaded question. I just got to share this. So I got a call from Marathon, Florida, and I immediately think Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, anyways, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that series. So anyways, that's why I looked at my phone and heard Chatting. Yeah. So the, the nail method that you helped me create, you pulled out of me because it was is essentially a process in which I use to gain ownership in a roofing company that I was doing marketing for, which is something, which is a whole nother podcast episode, which is like the acquisition side of marketing is something that I've nerded out about. And and Ashley knows that I, you know, entered into and exited nine of 10 partnerships last year in which I used my marketing brain to gain ownership in companies. So the nail method is numbers, automate, implement, and leverage. And the most important 
piece of it for me right now in my life is systems, right? It's the automate part of it. That's what's one of the things that I said to you, which I'm so glad that you've shut your Facebook group down because it's a big buzz online. You need a Facebook group. You need this. Well, Facebook doesn't care that you have a Facebook group anymore. They used to really love it and pour into it. But most of the people that are in your Facebook group are in 15 other Facebook groups and they're just chasing Facebook groups and 50 other Facebook groups, not even 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, Facebook doesn't know who to show what to anymore, but numbers, it's all very important. And the numbers, like you can't scale what you can't track. Mm-hmm. And I learned that, I learned that back in high school. And so I know the numbers down to the nickel of what all of my companies make. And I don't do the, I'm not dropping posts online of like, I made this much this week and and I've made a lot of money, but to me, it's not, the money's not the reason why I do it. And it's easy to say when you're sitting on a decent amount of money, but at the same time, if I lost it all tomorrow, I'd be doing the same things because it's just fun to me. I love the hustle. I love the chase. I love building. And I'm really, we'll go to A, which is automate because your audience might not in, in George's mastermind, I was pushed on a call by George or not even pushed, but asked a question like what's right in front of you that if you were to go all in on could really reap rewards for you and your family. And like, I had this roofing company and I was a 15% owner and I was doing everything from behind my computer and it was great. Like I'm getting paid. I'm on salary. It's, I really worked a good deal for this laptop lifestyle. And then, (laughs) but I really had a bigger vision. One of the deep core reasons why I took ownership in this company was to see Josh, who's a dear friend of mine now, was to see Josh automate his business to scale himself out of it so that he could have a child and be present for his child when they had their baby. And I was really faced with the fact that I couldn't get him to that position living four states away, running, helping run the company from my laptop. And I moved up here five weeks ago. I moved to New Hampshire. I jumped into the company. I screwed whiteboards in this office space that the team built. We went through all the outstanding money, all the outstanding everything. And we just did a debt to income. That's the place that we started. What are the numbers? How much money? Right now we're in the red, $98,000. Are we in the red and, and come to find out there was 210,000 owed and I just started collecting money. And so then we created a tracking process. So we got into the automation side and now we have a tracking sheet. We have a schedule. It's the first time this company has had a schedule in 40 some odd years of doing business. I had a call yesterday from this man, John. Hey, I was wondering when my roof is going to be done. Josh and, and Nick who work in the company would have been like, ah, soon, two weeks is probably what they would have said. And I was like, hey, John, just let me, let me check the schedule. And he's like, oh, I'm on the schedule? Yeah, you are. Uh, you're number eight on the list. And according to our calculations, obviously, weather depending, we're in New England. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> you're, you're about four weeks out, four weeks out from having your roof done. And like that freedom, Josh has been home for dinner with his wife the last two nights. That hasn't happened. We fired the call center. I'm setting all the appointments. They had a 35 and I'll share this. And I don't let me go on a rant on this. If you don't want this podcast episode to go along, (laughs) the the call center was about 33% from incoming call to appointment booked. 
people are so quick to outsource the most important role in their company. Mm-hmm. Josh, do you want, you really want to be on the phones? Yes. I'm 80, yeah. like yeah. 87% from call coming into appointment booked. We're over 50% right now of appointment booked to job being sold. Amazing. Why? So it's we're going to do a fix, do a repair in Thornton, New Hampshire tomorrow. Where is that? In the middle of the woods. It's in the <laughs> middle of the woods. And uh, get a call. Little old Janet. Hey, Rose told me. This is how she sounded too. Rose told me that you did a really good job on her metal roof. We would love to get a, a metal roof on her house. I was like, oh, perfect. Janet, where do you live? Thornton, New Hampshire. We're randomly going to be there tomorrow. How about we come over? But it's like, the most important role was outsourced in the company. We didn't realize yeah. that until I got up there and started going through the automate phase and really tracking the numbers. So many, I know you're big on it. Mm-hmm. So many people are so quick to, you talked about $30,000 a month. Dude, these million dollar funnels, and I'll, you can end it with this. These million dollar funnels are not million dollar funnels. They are not. You could launch a funnel, and I've worked with some of the best in the game. You could launch a million-dollar funnel and spend $950,000 on ad spend and make fifty grand. and Russell will give you a plaque. Why? Because Russell wants the social proof and get people to chase the carrots, and he's done an amazing job. He's one of the best internet marketers in the game. <laughs> Hate him or love him. The man's on top. I know that's a rap song, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I love that you said like the most important role. And I think that's one of the reasons too, we've mentioned George and in his, you know, mastermind and like really paying attention to George because he's all about relationships. And a lot of people want to automate the relationship part of everything they do. And it's the, it's like the thing you do not automate that. You do not do that. You're growing a personal that. brand and you're just starting out. No. Don't build a chat bot. Get on calls. Yes. Do not. Oh, man. We can go on chat bots, right? I, got I know. You, I know. That's why I put it up. I want to see if it was still there for you. It is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me tell you what. I've even screenshot a chat bot that I got and like sent it to Mark. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Look at this thing. Like, what is going on? It's insane. But yeah, you're right. Like, the relationships really matter and really focusing on being there. And I think, I think just to reiterate that, a lot of people in the online space think that if you just automate everything, you'll make more money. But the first thing they automate is trying to automate the connections, trying to automate the relationships. And we've definitely been around people, mentors, Mark, that will have taught us different. And we've realized that, right? Wow. Okay. It's going to be more beneficial for me to take this 15 minutes to jump on a Zoom call to get to know this person. And I even remember thinking when I had my Facebook group, um, Almost doing it to where if you join my Facebook group, you have to book a 15 minute coffee chat with me before you're admitted into the Facebook group so that you can get to know me. Like, but, but again, that was like, okay, I won't be able to do that. That my Facebook grows too fast, but it was a thought that I had because I was like, man, there's so many amazing people that you don't get to connect with because you're trying to automate, automate the relationship part. So I, I absolutely love that. And I love it. I honestly thought you were going to go to the L to leveraging relationships that you want to automate. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm excited about this one. And I think you hit the, the nail on the head if I'm not being punny. You can't, tr- well, and I'll just share this. You can't truly leverage relationships until you have the 
until you have the systems in place because you're going to be caught in the weeds of your business. And it's just, it killed me. My yeah. wife was, who's downstairs, was ready to leave me. I was working a hundred hours a week. Yeah. I was doing 50, 60, $90,000 months and had a couple hundred thousand dollar weeks and like, it, but it's, okay. It's funny. So I'll share this. I was joking with my wife a couple of weekends ago and I was like, I get a sense of security from money. You get a sense of security from stuff. I said, here we are sitting on a whole shitload of stuff with a big pile of money insecure as I'll get up. Like it's, it just, it's everyone has their own, their own sense of security that they're trying to gain from whatever they're doing in business and just building a relationship with that and being aware of it and not pretending like it's not there has served me really well. But yeah, yeah we could do another. I'd come back on and, and talk about leveraging relationships. I It's my favorite thing. I'm doing it now, except I'm off the online space. I have four big meetings. I had a big meeting yesterday, a five-hour breakfast with a construction company up in the Upper Valley because we're making a run up a major highway out here. And you, it's in an area that you need a co-sign. Well, we got the three co-signs yesterday and we're so it's just, I'm, I'm back to face and, but was also a limiting belief that I had if, you know, I'm in this online space. Am I really, can I really build a face-to-face -face business? And it's just all about Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. The greatest piece of literature for an entrepreneur ever. Yeah. I actually have that on my shelf. That's it's on my shelf, but yeah, you're totally right. And so I was, does anyone have a question in in the crowd. I know Ashley usually always has a question to jump on. So I'm like, even going to call her out, but Rachel, if you have one too, and it could be anything again, like this kind of, we just went on all different things in this podcast episode, which I love. And um, I knew it was going to be that way, Mark, because you and I could talk about anything and everything. And you're just so knowledgeable and has so much wisdom. And so yeah, so Ashley, do you have a question? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to unmute you. You can come live and ask. Marathon Florida left me a voicemail as well. Oh, really. we're going to have to listen to Marathon Florida. Okay, go ahead, Ashley. You're live. Hello, Clarice. Hello. <laughs> Let me tell you what. So I absolutely am not going to go long on this. Marathon Florida is one of my favorite places in the entire world. I'm actually wearing my sea turtle shirt from Marathon Stop. Florida literally right now. So that's super crazy. So if you go see the turtles for me again, it's my hap it's literally the happiest place in my entire world. Anyways. Okay. So my question is, if there is one thing that you could tell your 26 year old self, what would it be? Mm. 26. What was I doing at 26? He has to that? think back. <laughs> I think I was in grad school, 26 year old self. I don't even know. I don't even know. I get this. I've gotten this question a lot on in, in various interviews that I've done. I don't think I would. I don't for one, I don't think I would have listened to whatever I was about to be told. Every every lesson that I've learned in business has come from getting my teeth kicked in. And I've learned to embrace the I could best share it by this and just ping me or give me a thumbs up, Ashley, if this is too long. But Josh's father had a stroke two weeks before I moved to New Hampshire at a commission in a wheelchair, can't work, had 20 some odd jobs sold, no tracking for any of them. The last three weeks in this company have been an absolute shit show. 
And the only thing that I said to Josh and Nick, who are the main horses in this race, is let's learn every single lesson we can learn from this because it's going to serve us later and we're never going to experience this level of discontentment and chaos again. And they completely flipped their mind of, okay, this is an opportunity for us to see what is broken, what needs to get fixed, how we're going to do things. And answer your question, Ashley, I don't even know. I don't even know. Fish more, (laughs) maybe. Go fishing more. Mm. I don't know. But I love love that answer. I love the suck. I love that answer. And there's a phrase, which I know is like failing forward, right? Like always be in the mentality of I'm failing because you can learn. You can learn valuable lessons from it to then again, be like, all right, this is showing me what's really broken. And so I love it. I love that you say that. And a lot of people I think are so, they just have a huge fear of failure. So they never try anything or they never take risks or they never do anything. And I'm like over here, my VA actually messaged me yesterday and said, Ashley, I'm so happy that you're just like, let's just see if it works. She's like, you don't even care. You're just like, oh yeah, let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, it's cool. We can change it. I, yeah, I have nothing. So, so I'm right there with you. Yeah. That's it. Mark, any final words you'd like to share? (laughs) He's like, yeah, no, no. I guess the final thing that I am like really pondering right now is like, well, what am I doing it for? You know what I mean? Like, why am I doing all of this? And I'm really finding a level of enjoyment that I have not even experienced in business right now. I just, I love this game. And will I speak again? Yes. Will I podcast again? Yes. Will I consume content and join communities and do this thing? Yeah, I totally, right now, no. This summer, I'm going to bass fish and I'm going to build this roofing company and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to hang out with my little man, which I've been doing and going on river walks and yeah. I love that. What have I I worked for? You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting on piles of cat. What have I worked for to continue to stack more? You can't take it with you. Yeah, it's very true. I love that you said bass fishing too, because most people don't know. I don't even know if I've been told you, I am a huge fisher. I go fishing almost every single day in the summer. And I have, that was my growing. I grew up across the street from a lake. And so me and my dad would go fishing all the time. And I have a three-year-old and she's, I taught her how to fish by the time she turned two. Like she goes fishing with me all the time. We have a little pond on our property that we'll go fishing on, but yeah, I love, love, love to go fishing. And I, that was one of the the prerequisites. Look, look at that. (laughs) That is so cute. He's so stinking sweet. But yeah, one of the prerequisites I have is when we moved to this house or when we moved from uh, the city, I said, we have to have a pond. <laughs> like I told her, I was like, I want a pond on our property. I don't care. I want a pond. So we have a little, it's just a little fishing hole. It's a little pond. And it's been, it was fully stocked by the people who built this house and it hasn't been fished in over seven years. So let me tell you what, I know there's some big ones in there. So I like, I get really excited going fishing every single day. So I totally agree with you. I want to go fishing. I want to go fishing every single day in the summer. So I love that you said bass fishing because that's what I love to do. Bass fishing. And I've done it forever. I love that. Mark, thank you so much for um, sharing your wisdom and 
just for being the person you are, I'm so thankful to know you and to have you and part like speaking in my life and challenging me and always telling me stop thinking so small. Like I'm not joking. Anytime I'm doing something, I literally hear Mark's voice in my head. Stop thinking so small. And like Ashley's over here shaking her head too, because she, you've said it to her too. And I do, I, I just always, I always think of you when I'm doing something of almost what would Mark say? What would Mark do <laughs> in what I'm doing? And I am, I'm just so thankful for your heart. I'm thankful, I'm thankful for your vulnerability and just your openness to share your knowledge and to share it straight too, right? Like no BS kind of way. It's um, really refreshing to find people in the industry who are disruptive, right? You're disrupting, you're disrupting the industry. And I love that, but yeah. All right, Mark, thank you again for being here. Thank you all for jumping on to answer the questions um, or asking the questions and being here. I hope you all have an amazing day and we'll catch you on the next show. Friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Partner Round Show. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashamayfernandez.com slash podcast to see our interview schedule and the link to join us live to get your questions answered, get some personalized feedback, and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So I hope to catch you in the next episode, and until then, I will smell you later.